Edge, please. Um, the sound was shit. I should just avoid doing the intro. I can't do it by myself. It's a two-person job. No, I am. We could just like record one and be more professional, but (laughs) we have a very bad precedent with professional things. By we, I mean I do. I mean, right now you're playing with your headphones and they go. (gasps) I'm so sorry. Oh, shit. Like, everything's going so bad. My mic got here like half an hour ago. My professional podcasting mic. And it just doesn't work. It was missing a piece to hold like the microphone to the, the, the arm that's like holding it. But then it just, I connected it to my computer and it just Sounds didn't shit. Work. It does. It wasn't supposed to be shit, but oh well. Maybe we'll record a podcast with it where you just sound like a rustling robot. Maybe, maybe. It'll make it more fun. Or unbearable to listen to. One of the two. <laughs> well, <laughs> the let's find out. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I feel like we're in class with you saying that I know I used to say it so much last, no the year before that, like when you got here it wasn't as much as I used to, that's why the kids say that every time we have class that's why I could tell that you used to say it a lot because the kids would always go alright, and then go ticket, ticket, because they'd want their stickers and tickets oh, I miss the kids some of them. Um, some of them. In real life, but not in computer life, because some of them are being assholes oh. in computer life. Oh, well, let's not talk about school. Uh, do yes. you have something interesting or fun to tell the listeners about your week? Um, I'm doing a little DIY project. So, as I said in my um, habits last week, I'm shit at following these things through. Um, so far, so good followed bits of it through um i might start doing the next phase today i need to get some more stuff from the hardware shop to finish it but we'll work on that so yeah so that's my exciting project for this week during because we have a week of vacation which we're going to explain but apart from that nothing exciting as always because we're in lockdown but that's exciting yes i'm enjoying the project keeps me busy during these long summer spring days with nothing else to do what about you then i have you got anything exciting from your week uh i don't have any work to do to this week so that makes me happy what else oh yeah my kindle arrived and that makes me very happy but also let me tell you something that happened i bought a book which is completely normal And very common these days for me. Uh, I bought the book. I just saw the name and bought it. It got here and turns out I bought the fourth book in a six book series. And I haven't read the first one. So I I just have another book there lying around. Well, you can buy the other three on your Kindle. I did buy the first one because I don't even know if I'm going to like the first one to buy the rest. So that's like the problem. But oh well, I'm going to try to 
read the other one and like it. Like my brain is going to be on the liking setting. Do you ever read a book with your not liking setting on? Because you're just like, bitch, I'm going to hate this book no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I have. What book did I read like that? Oh, 1984. <gasps> but you know why? I, I did end up liking a bit of the book. Like I did like the premise and the idea of it. I haven't finished it yet. But it's because I read Animal Farm. And that book, I hate it so much. You do not understand. It would be normal if someone who doesn't like reading and books in general said like, oh, no, I don't like that book. But for me, it's just hatred, like pure hatred. But I remember why you told me you disliked that book. And it's so fucking ridiculous that it cracks me up. Literally, I'm here like silently laughing to not ruin your audio. But like, as soon as you said that, I remembered why you didn't like it. And it's just killed me. Please tell the listeners (laughs) why you don't like the renowned, loved and acclaimed by many book by George Orwell. Let me give you a bit of context. So first, the book is about, like, it's mainly just about politics. And I read it when I was, like, 12 or 13. So I didn't understand most of it because I wasn't very into politics when I was 12 or 13, which is usually the norm. So I read the book. I was fine. But I have this thing where I cannot stand. I do not, like, I, I, I cannot even watch anything with talking animals. So Charlotte's Web, I hate it. Babe, the brave pig, I hate it. Because I cannot stand talking animals. Like The Last Lion King, I only watched it because it was Beyonce. And, it, and because it was like the fucking Lion King. But I cannot stand talking animals. I hate them. And that book is just fucking talking animals and in the end the fucking pigs start walking on two legs and talking like a fucking human i hate talking animals i hate them is this why you refuse to watch the film cats with me because i really want to see that film uh but that's just something else but we haven't seen it because we haven't found it but when I've suggested it, you're like, oh, God, no. Okay, I'm going to find it, and I'm going to illegally come to your house during lockdown, and we're going to watch it. It's okay, it's just it. that I hate uh, the song. I hate it. I love musicals, but I hate that one. I don't know why. Maybe because of the talking animals. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that would be it. I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah. Well, it is true. I hate them. What do you want me to do? Like, it, it goes against nature, science. My brain does not like that. Okay. No judgment. Good. Slight judgment. Um, no judgment. Oh, before we start, what are you drinking? I am double fisting today, as my North American friend once called it, which fucking freaked me out. Um, I'm double fisting because I'm drinking two drinks. And apparently that's what double fisting means in the United wow. States of America. I do I'm that all the time. Love a good double fist. I'm drinking coffee out of my Bitch Please podcast mug. 
um, because it's we're doing a morning record today. So coffee, of course. None of this Nescafe shit. This is ground coffee, coffee machine. Mm. And in my other fist, um, I have a pint of water with my vitamin C tablet in it because, you know, got to ward off that coronavirus. What are you drinking this week, Danai? Uh, I'm drinking chamomile apple cinnamon tea. It's delicious. It's amazing. I really like it. It sounds like a sleepy Christmas. It does. I do like everything in it. I'm drinking it because I need water. And my nutritionist said that herbs could uh, help with the water, but tea doesn't. So I'm drinking that. Well, I guess because tea is caffeine, so it's dehydrating to an extent. Whereas herbal tea is just herbs. Yeah, I vibe that. I drink a lot of tea when I'm trying to get my water. I drink caffeinated tea, but whatever. What's the icebreaker today, Miss Teacher Danai? Our icebreaker today is asking each other would you rather questions. Would you rather live the rest of your life with silent but uncontrollable gas or loud, uncontrollable sneezing? Um, I think I already live with one of those. <laughs> Only when you eat lots of lactose products, even though you're lactose intolerant. No, but like in general life, like you, it, it happens to me a lot. Um, I'd say the farts because you can blame them on someone else. Small children. I always blame my farts on kids in class. Or you could be outside and it, like no one's going to smell it. Yeah, I'll take that one. But there are some times when uncontrollable gas would be very, very awkward. Whereas an uncontrollable sneeze is more forgivable. Yeah, but like if I'm in class and I have to sneeze constantly... That would be a problem. I'm thinking in like what I do for a living. You could teach the kids, bless you. But also right now during a global health pandemic, I would hate to go outside with uncontrollable sneezing because uh, you exactly. would be crucified. And also we couldn't be recording a podcast because I would be sneezing all the time. It's for the good of our listeners that you would choose the gas. That's good to know. Uh, would you rather every shirt you wear be itchy or only be able to use one ply toilet paper one ply toilet paper and i would install like those water bum guns that they have in india because one they're amazing and i want one anyway because usually you do like a and then it's all gone and then you just do like a quick wipe and there's nothing there so yeah a million times one ply toilet paper sounds reasonable I haven't been to a place where they had those water guns on the toilet, but I really like it. Well, so the ones which are on the toilet, like inside and they spurt up, I'm not really sure about the aim on that, but the ones that I, or some of the places I went when I was traveling in India, um, it was like attached to the side of the toilet and it was literally like a gun. That's why I call it a bum gun. So it had like a hose and then a head in like a gun shape. And then you pulled like a trigger and then a burst of water came out. So you controlled it, right? So you could get right up in there. And Sorry, I just need the table whilst trying to show you how to get right up in your bumhole. Um, I think it's great. And then you use less toilet paper. It's better for the world, right? If that is what it looked like, then I did have one of those. So 
if you had met me when you first arrived here, then you would have been able to use that. I would have come to your house to shit all the time. <laughs> okay, your second would you rather, please. Would you rather only be able to speak in rhyme or only be able to speak using alliteration? Mm, I would like to speak using rhymes, like, constantly. That would be so fun. I could, like, make up songs on the go, like, just walking around it. I could sing everything. That's true. You'd be like those kids who, like, rap on the streets, yeah. Like, they go onto the buses and say, give me three words, and then you give them three words, and they make up a rap on the spot. Yeah, because last, uh, last week I was watching this thing that's, like, a rap contest, and it was really fun. They were very sexist. They were very racist and shit. But the way it worked, I thought it was fun. I would get them all in one room and fucking teach them to be good people because they were shit people and they had money because of that shit. Oh, it made me so angry. But the context and the, the idea of it was fun. Oh, so you'd use your power of rhyme for good. Yeah. Okay, your final would you rather is, would you rather randomly time travel 20 or so years every time you fart or teleport to a different place on earth, on land, not on water, every time you sneeze? Uh, every time I sneeze, because I fart a lot more than I sneeze, I think. But then do I get back? Is it like for a moment and then I come back? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay. No, fuck it. Then I can just like sniff pepper to sneeze and then go traveling. Dope. The wild sick. Definitely. Definitely the sneezing one. Yeah, traveling back in time makes me scared because, you know, butterfly effect and I don't want to... Oh, I know. I do love time travel. I love I Doctor Who, so everything time travel makes me happy. True. I do. I like time travel. I would like to time travel. It would be very cool, but it's a big responsibility that I'm not ready for. Sneeze and take me places, bitch. That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, so that was fun. I'm sure we will be seeing more Would You Rathers for our icebreaker section because we are running out of other icebreakers that work in a listening format and with the two of us not being physically next to each other. Get ready for that, guys. It's going to be wild. Wild, just like this week in Chile is wild, Beautiful. So this week is a special week in Chile. Mr. Nye, can you explain why this week is a special week in Chile? Uh, on the 18th of September, 1810, we had a meeting where the people who we're thinking about Chile as an independent country, as an actual country, because we were in a country that around that time. The people who were thinking about Chile as a country had a meeting and they talked about doing stuff about it. And that is what we celebrate on the 18th of September, like the idea of Chile being born on that day. Because actual independence happened on the 12th of February, 1818. That's the historical aspect of uh, Chile's national holiday or fiestas patrias as it's called but what does it mean in a current day context well not so current like a normal year not 2020 because it's not a yeah. normal year 
So in a normal year, not every school, but most schools have a week off for the national holiday week, which is usually uh, the 18th of September is mandatory. No one has to go to work. Everyone has to be at home celebrating because, of course, Chile is such a great country. And the day after the 19th of September, we celebrate the military. So those two days are holidays. If they fall on a Wednesday, then the day after is going to be a holiday too. Like the 18th is on a Wednesday and the 19th on a Thursday. Then Friday is going to be a holiday too because no, everyone's going to be very drunk. Which brings us to another thing that we do during this week, apart from having a whole week of work or school. We drink lots and lots of alcohol. Because first of all, we have lots of wine and we celebrate that. But something else you didn't know is that that's the drink of rich people. I mean, it was when it first came to existence. So the thing that people drank the most was called chicha, which is if you put fruit and it's fermented, it makes chicha. So usually people put uh, apples and grapes and it's really good. It's really sweet. That's the um, more traditional drink that we have. And pipeño, uh, which also comes from grapes. So we have like, wine is the first squeeze of, uh, of the grapes. Then after that comes pipeño. And it's made in the same way. And it's uh, sweeter than wine. And it's, it's very strong in like alcohol. So we created a drink that actually makes fun of the one thing we're known for apart from wine, which is earthquakes. So there's a drink that's called earthquake. It's called pipeño, pineapple ice cream, and grenadine. So all mixed together makes um, a very sweet, like very, very, very sweet drink, but that can cause damage <laughs> to your brain. Um, I'm going to tell a story about the first time I drank earthquakes. There's this place in Santiago that's like the birthplace of earthquakes. And it's called La Piojera, like lice. Because it was supposed to be like for people who are very poor and stuff. And rich people called them piojos and stuff, or piojentos and stuff like that. As you can tell, there's a great, huge gap between regular people and rich people here in Chile. We cannot stand each other. But that's uh, something for another podcast. Uh, so I went to this place. It's very like popular. Everyone is there. They give you a cup about a pint and it's got like half pipeño, then a tiny bit of grenadine and then uh, the ice cream. I drank half of that. When I was walking home, I couldn't see the lines on the floor and I had to concentrate so hard on just walking because my feet thought the ground was gone. That surprises me because we have gone out drinking together many times and you drink me under the table. I will be completely fucked and just doing my thing and dancing and having a whale of a time and wake up dead the next day. And then I will be like, oh, I guess I was a little bit tipsy. So it really surprises me that one, not even one, like half a terremoto, half an earthquake killed you. 
it did. Uh, it's true, but it's so sweet that I didn't uh, realize and I drank it so, so fast. So that's what made me, and like I couldn't drink anymore. So it was very, very fun. I think the most terremotos I've managed to have in one night was like three, but they weren't full pint-sized glasses. They were like small half pint ones. And it was after wine and beer, so, oh. But yes, it's very, very sweet. I can't drink that many of them. Um, what else do we do on this show? Barbecues. We think we owned barbecues. We don't, but we think we do. Although, I did teach uh, Brit how to barbecue when I was in England. We're horrific at barbecuing. Our version of barbecuing is like frozen burgers and sausages, and you whack them on the barbecue. Like, barbecues here are good. Barbecues in Argentina, ooh, ooh else. so good. It's because they they have really good meat. I feel like if we mixed our barbecues with their meat, it's just wonderful. It would be perfection. Uh, also, there's lots of dancing. Cueca is our national dance. Because, of course, we have national everything because we don't want to be Spanish. Uh, although I did find it very funny when someone asked me where in Spain Chile was. Oh, what the fuck? Who asked you that? Uh, a student in England. It was very funny. And we play lots of games. There's like traditional games. Uh, we decorate our houses. And it's mandatory to have a flag on the 18th of September outside your house or you can get a fine. I've never heard of anyone who's gotten like uh, a ticket for it for not putting the flag up. So, I don't know. So yeah, that's basically what we do during 18th of September week. It's very fun. That being said, we're going to talk about the things that we like and we maybe not like about Chile. Anna's going to talk about weird, quirky things. I'm going to talk about real shit because I'm Chilean and I'm allowed to shit on this country. Thank you. Um, well, to start with the thing that I love about Chile, there are many things I love about Chile, but the main thing I'm going to focus on today is the nature of Chile, um, as in the nature that Chile has. So in case you don't know, Chile is a very long and thin country, and it stretches all the way up from Arica, where we live, in the Atacama Desert, so it's a desert, all the way down to Antarctica. So, you know, cold compared to the hot desert. So because it's that long, thin strip, Chile has literally everything. And that's what drew me to Chile originally when I was looking for a country to move to. But even just traveling within the country of Chile, I can go to the... I'm never going to be that far from the beach because it's such a long, thin country. I'm never going to be that far from the mountains. Um, there are so many national parks in Chile. There's like forests. There's, like I said, desert. There's mountains. There's lakes. There's a whole like lake district, and then that, which is like the region. And then there's like the river region. There's just so much beauty, so much natural beauty in Chile. There's glaciers. There's little islands. Yeah, so what really, really drew me to Chile is the nature. And I was very lucky to, especially within my first year in Chile during the summer vacation, I did a fair amount of traveling, mostly around the south of Chile, and I loved it. I did so much trekking and um, visiting little towns and 
although I was mostly focused in the nature side of things, there was also like cultural things, which I saw, which were cool. So yeah, Chile for me is just like this magical, wonderful country with every kind of natural landscape you can think of. And I love it. And because of that, because it has the different climates as well, because obviously where we live, um, it's the desert. Well, we're next to the sea, so it's not like scorching hot desert. But um, the desert, and then you have getting colder and colder and rainier areas and less rain areas. It means that Chile is also great for growing so many different types of fruit and vegetables. It's why there's so much wine in Chile, because it's so good for growing grapes. Um, but also I love that I can go to the market and buy so much fresh fruit and vegetables and it's not imported. Some of it might be imported from the neighboring Bolivia or Peru, but even so it's imported on like a truck as opposed to airplanes or ships. So for being green and carbon footprint friendly, it's nice to have all that tasty, fresh, exotic fruits, local, some exotic fruits, some normal fruits, especially avocado was literally one of my reasons for moving to Chile. So that is my love poem to Chile. Fabulous. Um, I have to agree with you on the landscapes and stuff. I've lived in every um, like area of Chile because when we were in school, we were taught that Chile's got three types of weather. The north, which is like um, very dry, then we have the middle and, the, and I've lived in all three of them. So I can really talk about the difference in, in weather and like how you can be traveling. Because I've traveled by bus from uh, Arica to Punta Arenas, which is fucking insane. It takes five days. That's why I was so surprised because I was like seeing like how I could travel from the south of England to the north of England. And it said like it was like three or four hours. And I was like, but why? And then I realized it's because I was in like in a Chile distance mind. So I, I've traveled from uh, Arica to Punta Arenas, which is where I lived. And now I lived in the other side. Um, and it's amazing. I really love, 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 love the South. It's very nice. Very pretty. And when you travel by bus, you can see like the change like the gradual change and it's really really cool i really do recommend that if people want to come to chile and they want to do like some traveling they should do something like that because it it's not going to be very expensive it might be a bit expensive but it's going to be really really good yeah no traveling i did all of my almost all of my traveling in chile i've done by bus because the buses here as well are like so i'm not talking shitty mega bus like they're so much more comfortable and obviously it depends on the or like the company you get the bus with but like a lot of them you'll get like a blanket you'll get some food there'll be like a tv you can watch not necessarily on your own seat but like a shared tv they'll stop off every once in a while so you can stretch your legs like the seats are so much comfier and you have so much more space so like traveling by bus in Chile is fabulous unless you can rent a car that would I would yeah. love to have a car like four by four and just do the whole of Chile on my own terms oh it'd be so cool uh I'm gonna talk about my things I like about Chile I have three things one Oh, it's choclo 
and anything that comes out of it. Um, I know that corn is very popular everywhere in the world, um, but I could never find corn like the one we have here anywhere else. Like, I'm sure if I go to Mexico, I'll definitely find what I want. But um, here it's just, oh, it's, I love it. I love pastel de choclo. I love humitas. I love choclo on its own. Because it's very different to sweet corn. Because I've tried that and it didn't taste the same. Choclo, everything. I love it. Because we put choclo on everything. Especially in our region, choclo corn is a very, very big thing. To the point where we have the festival de choclo which is a three-day festival out in the countryside. And there's a big stage and there's dancing and music and stand-up comedy and different kinds of acts. And then all around the outside of the area where the stage is, is just stands and stands selling corn, corn with cheese, corn pies, like pastel de choclo. Ice cream. Ice cream, corn ice cream. Oh my God. They sell corn in every form you can imagine. It's, it's magical. I tell people about the festival, the Choclo, back home. And I don't know if they think I'm a bit crazy or if they're just like, that's insane. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand the love of Choclo in this region. It's fabulous. It's amazing. I love Choclo. I also love the weather, which is kind of related to what you mentioned which is mostly like there's so many different weathers that if you want to be in a very cold place you can move to the south if you want to live in a warm place you move to the north and i really like the south i love the south i lived there for for five years and i loved it and yeah i really like the weather and this is going to be controversial because this point is on both lists my hate and my love list i love chileans sometimes let me explain uh we are a very generous country when it comes to like uh big gestures in a way every time something bad happens like there's an earthquake everyone like comes together and helps each other everything that i'm gonna say in the next list doesn't happen when there's like bad stuff and like for the social movement everyone could like um get together and see how everyone was living the same thing and everyone thought the same because we were all in the same place like because it's like one or three percent of chile who are like actually really rich and the rest were just trying to live every day so that's why when chileans do think of other people they're good about it that's what i like about chileans i definitely agree with that like community vibe like you just explained but that i feel like it is more on a community level than like a, obviously a government level but definitely like you see people coming together like so with the pandemic there's obviously people who have lost work um, or don't have any income so can't pay their rent can't pay for food and there's a lot of people who have been doing like um, food banks or cooking dinner on like a very large scale and then giving them out to people who don't have any, any money to buy food. 
Um, there's been collections, even little things like in our school, if something happens to someone, um, for example, at the very start of the coronavirus stuff, a, a student's mum got coronavirus or, and she was the only person who was bringing money into the house and obviously she couldn't work. So there was like a kind of whip around at school, like, oh, if anyone can donate like some money to help. But yeah, I definitely, I agree with that. And I think, um, I think that's a really beautiful thing actually. So now on to the other list. So I'm not going to talk about negative things about Chile because it's not my country. So I feel like I can't um, or I shouldn't. But I want to talk about a couple of like quirky things that I've experienced or seen in Chile, which have made me chuckle. So one of the things that you might have noticed during the podcast as well is that there's just constant background noise. Now, I'm not talking about um, in the UK, in a bigger city, you might get like sirens and the occasional person shouting, whatever. It's another level here. So one, there's a lot of dogs in Chile. A lot of people have dogs. A lot of dogs live on the street, sadly. And if one dog in your neighborhood starts barking, all of the dogs in your neighborhood are barking. There's just like a very constant dog barking going on. Um, I mean, it's useful for alerting you when there's an earthquake because they do usually bark a little bit before you realize there's an earthquake. Another one is that vans just come around through the neighborhoods selling just so much shit. Not like it's useful stuff. So like, it's like an ice cream van in the UK, okay? In the UK, you get an ice cream van, it drives around, it has this little jingle, blah, 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 um, and it alerts you that there's ice cream being sold. So you run outside and get your ice cream. Okay, now imagine that, but for cleaning supplies, uh, for empanadas. So empanadas are like uh, Cornish pasties, kind of. So imagine Greg's Bakery having a van and driving around past your house. <gasps> oh my God, it's amazing, but it's awful because, you know, you don't need a Greg's driving past your house. It's dangerous. One of my favorite ones is the gas vans. So in Chile, I think because of the earthquakes, gas isn't in uh, pipes under the ground. You buy a gas canister for your house, okay? Um, and so obviously if you have a gas canister, it runs out and you need another one. So these vans drive around selling gas. There's three main companies and they all have different songs that they play. My favorite is the lippy gas one which it sings all about yellow. Help me out here tonight in case I'm getting it wrong. But it's like... I can sing it if you want. Oh my God, please, please, can you sing it, please? Cambio de la amarillo, el amarillo está cerquita. El amarillo te so imagine, right, you're in an online class or you're having a lion because it's the weekend or you're doing literally anything. You're trying to have a video call with your family back home and then out of nowhere, some van comes past, slowly driving past, screaming. Lleve la amarilla, lleve la boda. It's just hilarious. Like, I'm not even joking. When I moved back to the UK, I'm having that song as my ringtone because it makes me laugh so much. I wouldn't have it here because people would think I'm crazy. But back home in the UK, that is going to be my freaking ringtone. Because it's really sad because now Lippy Gas, that used to be near us, has been taken over by Gasco. So now we don't really hear Lippy Gas anymore. We have Gasco, which has a different song, 
And at the end of the song, it just goes, Gas! You go, Gas! So it's literally just like this melody and rhythmic song. And then out of nowhere, it just starts screaming like, Gas has arrived! The gas has arrived! It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it makes me laugh so much. But yeah, everything. We have someone who comes past the house selling newspapers and he shouts something and it sounds like he's going, spaghetti hoo-hoo. Like, we can't work out what he says. We have people coming past, always on Saturdays and Sundays, and they basically say, housewives, housewives, come here to buy your supplies. We have scrubbers, we have, we have bleach, we have dishwasher soap. And literally everything you can imagine, they just drive past in vans, shouting about it and selling it. The other one is the car alarms. This is something I realized on my first day in Chile and I was just like, what the fuck? Car alarms in Chile don't just go, they have like four different sounds that they rotate through. Again, I might need your help here tonight because I might have forgotten them. But it's like, and then it goes around again in rotation. That sounds very accurate. Thank you. So yeah, so that's my quirk of Chile is just this constant noise of things just going past your house. And I always have to explain it. I'll be on a call to someone back home and they'll be like, what the fuck was that? I was like, oh, it's just the, the pie man selling his pies. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other quirky thing about Chile, which I love, is people pointing with their lips. I'm sorry. I love it. I do it now. Like, oh my God, it's so good. When I first came to Chile, I lived with the host family and I very much count them as like my Chilean family. Like I still go and visit them and stuff. So my Chilean mom always pointed with her lips. So you'd be like, oh, where's the, where's a pen, for example. People in Chile, not everyone in Chile, but a lot of people in Chile will like move their head and then like pout their lips in the direction of where that is like, it's over there and they do it with their lips and I love it and I started doing it without realizing it but it's just it's fabulous I love it and there's nothing else to say about it it is what it is and it's wonderful it's true I do it but mostly to my sister uh that's very funny I also think you should mention bo because we use bo all the time Ah, uh, yeah okay so I'm going to explain it really badly though. But like in Chile, at the end of a lot of sentences or phrases, they'll add bo, which doesn't mean anything. So you'd be like, um, you'd ask them a question like, I don't know, oh, have you finished your homework? And they'll be like, simple, like, yes. And, and I kind of see it as being like, of course, but I don't think it is that necessarily. In other countries, they say things like, pue, pues, and in Chile, it's po. Yeah. It's another thing I started doing without realizing. I, I don't think I always use it very how it's supposed to be used. It has no meaning, so it doesn't matter where you put it. Fabulous. I love it. Okay, this is my one small thing that I will say is an irritation. Everyone here calls me Anne when my name is clearly Anna. Okay, they call me Anita. I like Anita because it's adorable and I'm adorable. Because it just means like little Anna. So fabulous. I'm adorable. I love Anita. Anne? No, my name's not Anne. They know my name's Anna. Everyone calls me Anna. 
Why are they calling me Anne? I don't understand. I know the answer to that one. So everyone's got this ingrained into the brain that Anne is the English version of Anna and that Anna doesn't exist in English. So they think they sound English if they say Anne. That's why. No, oh, that makes it worse. Because Anna is a name in Spanish. Okay, granted with one N and mine's with two Ns. But I can allow people for getting an N in my name. It's okay. But Anne is a different name and my name is Anna. And no offense. Yeah. But I don't like the name Anne. Well, I always correct people when they say uh, Anne. You're my hero. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> then I, what are your dislikes? The things that niggle you about Chile? Right. So my stuff, I dislike about chile which is mostly things i hate about chile i'm gonna only talk about three things because i could be talking about this for like days there's so many things but first of all it's people i don't know how, how to describe the people in chile uh, so the president once said that we were the jaguars of Latin America. And that's what people usually think when they think about Chile, really, like in comparison to other countries in South America or Latin America in general. Because someone told them that we were like really advanced and really good at everything. So now they think we're the best at everything like it could be talking about uh education it could be talking about economy anything that you can think about chileans think they're the best and i fucking hate that because we're not the best sometimes chileans might say like they are really good at football we're not. We only won like a cup once and it was the people playing and the fucking football players are so arrogant and horrible people that we shouldn't be celebrating them. Um, also, Chile didn't also, even get into the World Cup. Like, let's not forget the last World no. Cup. Chile didn't even get into it. I was devastated. I thought, oh, finally, I'm going to be in a country that's good at football for the World Cup. No. And England was pretty good last World Cup. Right? I can't fucking win, can I? <laughs> Maybe it's your fault. Um, we've got lots of immigrants because it's true. The way our economy works makes it easy for people to find jobs compared to other countries in South America that are going through rough patches. But like people are like, oh, so annoying. Like it's not even because of a racist thing, which... Chileans are very racist, but it's um, because it's a foreign people and Chileans think they, they are better than them. Chile is so xenophobic to immigrants. Not me. I'm an immigrant, but they're not xenophobic to me because I'm white. They are xenophobic to especially Haitians and Venezuelans and Colombians and Peruvians yeah. and Bolivians. And I imagine down south, Argentinians as well. Yeah. Once I heard someone say, just made my blood boil, that Chileans were the Europeans of America. So ridiculous. Um, I don't know if you were going to mention this, but it reminds me of last year when President Piñera 
dickhead, announced that Chile was like paradise in South America because it's like the safest South American country and it's got the most secure economy and the best healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. All the things that the nines mentioned. And then like a week or two later, the massive social movement and protests erupted and threw the country into this big political and social wonderful chaos because it's wonderful because they were standing up against all the shit that had been happening to the people um but yeah and it was just the timing was perfect because Pineda had literally just been saying all the shit that you've just said that people do about oh we're better than everyone else and then it was yeah. like oh no like it makes me very happy that because of the social explosion and the movement most people have started to like take that out of their like language and like accept that we're not the best at anything we're the best at corruption. We're the best at having fucking insane house prices. Yesterday, I was going through Twitter and I saw this research and this study that someone had done. And they had like this graphic thing, like where they showed the difference between countries and like according to like different scores, it would tell you how difficult it was to buy a house there. We are number one on that list nowhere else in the world like this is counting the u.s canada the uk i think it was spain in the mix and another country like five countries and we were fucking number one i get that it might be difficult to get to buy a house say in the uk it's a small country um but people have jobs they have to work for a few years to get a house to buy a house because of course like you have to save money but here like if you see the prices that houses have compared to the money people make it's fucking ridiculous like there's so many things that are just insane and that actually leads to the other thing that i don't like which is how education it's only for people who have money compared to how much money someone like a regular human makes here in Chile. You couldn't study anything at all if you wanted to, because you need to have money for that. Like postgraduate degrees are very hard to find, or it's very hard to see someone who's got a postgraduate because it's so expensive to get into one. And it means you have to not work for like two years in some of them because they have like regular classes like in uni, but no one can afford to not work for a few years just to have a postgraduate degree. It makes me so angry. There seems to be a lot less like bursaries and grants into, like I know there are scholarships, but I think maybe there's less even for undergrad. And for example, when I went to university, I owe the government a lot of money. Good luck getting that back, government. It's never fucking going to happen. But I owe the government a lot of money because I got the government, I didn't get bursaries, but I got like the government loan. But here it's like you have to take out like a loan from the bank, which is always going to have much higher interest rate. Because um, like the money that you can get, it comes from the government. Okay, so it's called CAE, which is Credito con Aval del Estado which means that the government is supposed to be your, um, like your sponsor in a way. They don't pay for shit, but like it helps you get the money 
but you end up with massive debt and it's just horrible like most of the time they can't buy houses because of that um you take out loans from banks which are the same uh, organization that gives you a mortgage so it means that you cannot take that money to buy a house and like everyone ends up renting forever and rich people buy three or four or five houses and they rent it to other people for insane prices I think a big thing in Chile in relation to not being able to buy a house and the expense of education and day-to-day goods is that the difference between how much stuff costs in Chile and how much the average person makes is huge. Like, it's a very big difference. So, like, people are like, oh, like, Chile must be so much cheaper than the UK. And it's not really. In a lot of things, it's not at all. Like, supermarket is the same, if not more expensive, The market's great because it's cheap and there's a lot of stuff that's grown here, like we already mentioned. So that's good. That's cheaper than the UK, I guess. Um, But a lot of things are like not that much cheaper in Chile than the UK. And the wage is a lot lower. So the minimum wage for full-time working 45 hours, because full-time here is 45 hours, not 35, you will earn £300 a month not a week, a month. And it just doesn't, it's not enough to be able to rent somewhere and pay bills and feed yourself. And oh, God forbid if you have a family because you're fucked. So that's something that really annoys me about Chile. It's like the the products and all that have inflation because yeah, Chile's seen as, or they at least think they're seen as like this more advanced country in South America, but no one's wages have caught up with that. So there's just this big, very big gap, basically. Exactly. So I'm not going to keep talking about that because I'm going to get very angry. Uh, But the other thing that I don't like, and it's not just because now I'm a vegetarian, it's in general, ever since I've been little, I've hated this, is that people eat so much meat like so much like it's ridiculous every day you have to eat meat it's not something that you can like change for something else it's like there's meat everywhere and if you take that our favorite pastime is to do barbecues so now with uh, 18 it goes triple so people eat lots of meat and it's just awful and i hate it we don't even have like really good meat. Like it doesn't even come from us. It comes from Argentina. So it's expensive, but people still do it. And I hate that we eat so much stuff that comes from cows because I'm lactose intolerant and I don't like meat. And now I'm vegetarian, so even worse. It just makes me think of like the big carbon footprint that people have just because we eat so much meat. It's ridiculous. And also, if you say to someone you're vegetarian, they'll be like, oh, have some chicken instead. <laughs> because for them, meat is just cow meat and other meat, like yeah. chicken or pork isn't meat, which makes me Exactly. Laugh. Yesterday, I went to buy Chinese food and they had uh, chow fa rice. So it's rice with everything included. So I said, like, do you have a vegetarian option? And she said, yeah, this with vegetables and stuff. Like I said, does the rice have any meat in it? And she said like, no, but it's got tiny bits of chicken. 
And I was like, that's meat. It was ridiculous. Um, I do feel like it is changing with newer generations. Like in the last few schools I've been in, I've had a couple of veggie students. And of my friends, I have a handful who are veggie, a couple who are vegan, and some who just try to cut down on their meat consumption. So small changes are maybe happening from the younger generations. I feel like it got very depressing at the end. It's because I started talking about stuff I really hate. I know that there's a lot of things that you might hate about one country or another. Like, it's where I live. It's where I was born. I always have, like, a soft spot for chili in my heart. But I feel like, I don't know how to describe it, but, like, um, we're a baby country. We started to be an actual country 200 and so years ago. So I feel like we're going through all the pains that people went through a long time ago, but it's just happening now for us. But thankfully... We're trying to change it, so. Let's not forget that you said Chile is a new country of like 200 years, but also let's not forget that Chile was in a dictatorship until yeah. 30 years ago. So 40. 40, sorry. So even all those pains of like growing pains and becoming an independent country, a lot of that, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on the topic of the dictatorship because I am not but probably a lot of that then got smushed down. And then once again, those growing pains started once the country was coming out of the dictatorship. So obviously... Yeah, definitely. The dictatorship did lots of things to like squash the growth of the country, even when they thought they were doing the opposite. And people still think they did the opposite. That's the kind of people I hate in Chile. They were like, lots were like, of- Pinochet was doing what was best for the country. I even fist pumped a guy about Pinochet because I didn't get what he was saying. Because he was saying, he was like talking some shit and it was when I don't really speak Spanish. And then he was like, fist pump. And I was like, okay. It was like a dad of my friend. And he was always a bit odd. And then I did, and then as soon as he carried on talking, I was like, oh my God, I just fist pumped about Pinochet. Oh my God, I need to go wash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the generation that was alive during the dictatorship are still alive. So there's lots of people who think it was a good thing, that it was uh, good for the country, that it helped the country. Like trains, we had trains everywhere in Chile, like they were everywhere. And I'm sure that if we had continued on the same line, we would have really good train system and it would be fabulous because we're such a long country and the cheapest way of traveling would be by train. It makes a lot of sense because it helps connect like every city. But like during the dictatorship, like one of the things that triggered this with the help of lots of other countries, like the truck people, which is what happened a few weeks ago, had a massive strike and they stopped the supply of everything for the country. So like you couldn't buy anything because of the strike. But we had the train, so it wasn't as bad. But they wanted to be the only ones. They have a monopoly now because Pinochet gave them protection. So that's why we don't have any trains now. I feel like we've had a slight history lesson of Chile today, which is exciting. Yeah. Even if it's all shit. I could go on history forever because I love history. Please don't because it's my turn to edit the podcast this week. Uh, I'm sorry. 
we could talk about more stuff later if anyone's interested. Well, there you go. That's our hot take on Chile, our loves, our hates, and our, our quirks that we love about this long, thin country. Yes. So if you're looking for a holiday destination, I would recommend Chile because of its natural wonders. If you're looking for somewhere to come and earn lots of money, I would not recommend Chile. Um, <laughs> speaking of recommendations, Danai, what have you got to recommend this week? Segway. I'm going to talk about my first recommendation, which is a film. This is a very popular film, and I'm sure lots of uh, people have seen it. But I have to recommend it because it just came back to uh, Netflix Chile. And I had a, a terrible time not having it there. And I ended up buying it on iTunes, which is something I usually do when I don't have stuff. I just buy it. I've wasted so much money. Okay. Uh, the film is Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 film. I don't know how to describe the love I have for this film. I think you could tell from the previous episodes. I really like uh, romantic things and YA books and stuff like that. So I really, really, really enjoy Pride and Prejudice and stuff that's similar to it. I like period dramas. I really do enjoy like watching stuff like that and reading about it. And Jane Austen is one of my favorite authors. I'm not going to talk about the plot of the film because I know that most people know about it, but I like uh, what Joe Wright did with it. First of all, it's a beautiful film and we all know that I'm drawn to beautiful things. It's very pretty. It was filmed in the UK and it's got Stanage Edge there. Um, I'm making a pause to cry. I went there when I was in England and I took the exact same photo as Kira Knightley standing on Stanage Edge because I fucking love that film. It's beautiful. The actors did a great job portraying the characters. I felt cringy with Lydia. Uh, I hated Wickham. I loved Darcy. And the scene with the hand holding is just another level. It's just wonderful. Because how can you have such strong sexual tension with just fucking hand? I love it. I fucking love it. I recommend everyone watches it. I don't know if it's on Netflix uh, in the UK or in the US or anywhere else. I just know it's in Netflix Chile. And if it's not, you can buy it from iTunes. It was very cheap. I feel like it's one of those classics I should have seen. I probably have seen a bit of it and I definitely should have read it. I never read it at school, um, but I do have it on my Kindle. I was flicking through my Kindle books the other day and I do have it on there. So I think I must have downloaded it for free at some point. Maybe I'll give it a go, but I don't normally like period dramas. I feel like I'll have to try it with this one. Okay, so my film recommendation for this week, because I actually did watch a film this week, um, is called Flatliners. Uh, it came out in 2017 and it's on Netflix Chile, so... It's probably on your Netflix, wherever you are. Um, I'm going to read the blurb because we know that I'm bad at describing things. A group of medical students explore life after death by temporarily stopping their hearts, unaware the experiment comes with terrifying side effects. 
So something a bit different for me. It wasn't a murder mystery. I hope you're proud. I branched out. So yeah, I really, really like this film. I was drawn to it because it has Ellen Page in it. Um, and I thought the, um, the concept, the idea behind it was very interesting as well. I'd read a book a long time ago, which had a similar idea of trying to explore the afterlife, what happens just after we die. So it's really cool. And it starts very sciencey because they're medical students and it's like doing brain scans whilst they've like temporarily killed themselves. But then it goes down another route, which isn't so scientific. And I'm not going to say what kind of route because I don't want to give it away. But um, it brings up questions of guilt and regret. And I just found it a very interesting film. I'm not going to say it's the best film I've ever seen, but I watched it and I enjoyed it. So um, I'd recommend it. Same. When I watched it, I did like it, but I wasn't like very into it. It was nice. It's something a bit different. Like the yeah. idea and the thoughts behind it were a bit different. For our series recommendation, we're doing a joint series recommendation this week. Very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Then I would you like to introduce, as you have seen this series, more than I have? Yes. As I said last week in our previous podcast, if you haven't listened to it, then maybe you should. Uh, we're going to talk about The Crown. And Anna just started watching it. I've seen all seasons. It tells the story about the royal family. It's a fiction series for those of you who think we're actually getting to know the royal family, which of course we're not. So it starts telling us um, how Queen Elizabeth started being a queen and what happened after and like big uh, events and big things that uh, we might have seen throughout the years, but like um, from the perspective of the royal family. I have a question. So yes. I've watched it, I'm kind of watching it, my partner's watching it so often I'll be in the room whilst it's on. I did end up getting drawn into it and actually like sitting and watching instead of having it on in the background whilst doing other stuff. How much of it is true? Right. So when episodes happened, I would take out my phone and Google the thing that happened. Because each, each episode's got like a big event that happens and, and it shows how the royal family reacted to it. So I started like doing uh, some research and most the events that happened are true and like accurate in the retelling of the, the stories. The things that might not be true sometimes is uh, the years. I remember that when the Winston Churchill episodes were happening they were like talking about different years and they were off by like a few years like when winston churchill died but not because they wanted to but because it it didn't fit the story if they followed the regular timeline most other things like the way they react to stuff and what happens in the moment like if it was a televised moment it's replicated like frame by frame it's really good in that way But in the rest, they take like more artistic liberties and stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah, I thought it would be like that. I thought, because I know the like events are real because I've studied history a long time ago, but still. And so like, that's why I enjoy it because I enjoy remembering the different things I studied in history. And I studied politics as well at A-level. So also, obviously, the Queen is very... Um, involved with the prime ministers and the government in general so um i found it interesting having like 
the prime minister's coming up and interacting with the queen and stuff that's happening with them. So I found that really interesting because I do like history. My conflict is that I don't like the royal family. I don't like what they represent because I feel they're undemocratic. Like nowadays, does the royal family actually wield any control over the government? I don't know. Like, I think legally, no, but uh, maybe, who knows? Um, And also just because they're just, I don't think they're very nice people. Like they are racist. They want the colonies. They are annoyed that they don't have the colonies. And I'm not talking about uh, William and Harry. They're a different generation of the royal family. But when I'm talking about the queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, so it's kind of like you watch it and it makes you feel sorry for them about stuff happening or it makes you feel this and that for them which is obviously the point but then i'm conflicted by being like ah but fuck off like screw you royal family you cost so much money and that money is needed by so many other people in the country and do you really serve the country in any form at all people are like oh but they bring in so much tourism i'm like bitch please we have so much other tourism stuff in the uk Like, if the Queen wasn't living in Buckingham Palace, we would still have shitloads of tourism. She's never even there. She's always at one of her other castles anyway. But I would like to take this as a moment to say that I have met the Duke of Edinburgh um, when I finished my Duke of Edinburgh gold award. Yes, I said gold. Pretty special. It's pretty special to get your gold. Basically, we were being awarded our gold award um, in the palace that's next to Buckingham Palace. And we were one of the lucky few who actually had the Duke of Edinburgh himself come and talk to us. He was very old. He came in and spoke to our little group. Um, He used the term granny bashing, which was off-putting because someone had said that their voluntary work, they'd worked in a care home. And he said, oh, I thought that's what they called granny bashing, isn't it? And I had to stop myself from snorting in his face. He then walked off and I lent into my friend, Hannah, shout out to Hannah, haven't shouted you out yet this episode, and went, he's been inside the queen. So that also caused some disruption. But yeah, so what I'm trying to get at basically is it conflicts me because I enjoy the series, but I don't like the family. Um, Yeah, I don't like Prince Philip, but it made me feel sorry for him because Matt Smith plays the Duke of Edinburgh in the first season. And I have a very big soft spot for Matt Smith. And I don't know the actor of the guy who plays him in the later season, but he's really good. But like, um, we start seeing more of him and that's when I started to hate him. And the, the actors and actresses are really, really, really good. And there's season after the one that comes now, which is season five and six will be about Diana and stuff. And I'm sure they're going to talk shit about the royal family. I know it. I'm waiting for the season finale of like season six or whatever it is to be just the queen, the queen, the real queen coming in and going, I killed Diana bitches and there's fuck all you can do about it. And then there's a big explosion and everyone's in uproar and like, oh my God, we have to take the royal family to court and to prison. And then that's when she'll reveal that she's actually a reptile alien from another world and that we're now all under her control. That's my prediction for season six. I think that's a good prediction. I do know that there's been like articles that the Queen does watch. 
I feel like it's a big responsibility for the actors and actresses. Uh, of course. Oh, terrifying. And, uh, some more people mentioned that they had seen it too. The royal family people, of course. Because everyone else doesn't matter. I'll start with my book recommendation for this week. And this week, it's going to be a book series. I'm going to be talking about The Shadowhunter Chronicles. I'm not going to scream because I screamed once in the podcast and it was awful for your ears, so I'm sorry. Um, of course, it's YA because I love YA. It's more than one book series because this author, Cassandra Clare, uh, created this universe, which is the Shadowhunter universe. And everything included in it, it's the Shadowhunter Chronicles. So there's four book series so far but I'm going to be talking about the Mortal Instruments one right now, which is the first one that she came up with. It's got a main character that discovers the Shadowhunter world on the first book, and then she discovers that she's very important for that world. And it's really, really, really cool. Um, the Shadowhunters are like a race of humans that descend straight from an angel, and they were brought to the earth to deal with demons and downworlders, which are witches and warlocks, the fey folk, children of the moon, which are werewolves, children of the night, which are vampires, and the shadow hunters. So they're they're like the five types of like different humans that there are. Well, not really humans, but they deal with downworlders, which are them and uh, demons and it's really cool. I really like that it's got so many different sides to the story. Like there's so many different like adventures that come from it and all the different series in the same like the Shadowhunter Chronicles are really are different but also have like something that brings them together. So I really really enjoyed reading The Mortal Instruments. There are six books in the series. I read them all in less than a week because they're so good. My book recommendation for today, it's not a new book by any stretch of the imagination, so you might have already read it, but hey-ho. Um, I'm going to recommend The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which um, if you haven't read, you might have seen the film, which was very, very good. But if you haven't seen the film or read the book and you don't know anything about it, basically it's a science fiction um, series because Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the first in a series of five books, I believe, created by Douglas Adam, is the author. Anyway, so Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the first one in the series, and basically the Earth is demolished to make way for a hyperspace bypass motorway thing, but Arthur Dent, the main character, is saved from the demolition of Earth by his friend Ford, who actually is an alien from another planet, who, which he didn't realize. He just thought it was, you know, your standard best mate. That's all happens very much at the start of the story, so that's not spoilers. And the book follows their adventures through space. Uh, they get into lots of exciting and very tight, precarious predicaments. And they meet lots of interesting characters along the way, like different kinds of aliens and aliens with like really over-the-top characteristics. There's one group of aliens, I can't remember their name or the name of their planet, but they're really like bureaucratic. Reminds me of Chile. And it just, it just makes me laugh so much because it's a very, very clever book and it's very funny. 
Uh, one of my favorite characters as well is Marvin, the paranoid android, who's like a depressed robot. And when I read this book, I read it quite a few years ago. In all honesty, I'm sorry for this very delayed book recommendation. But um, at the time I was working with a, I'd become very close with a friend I was working with and he just reminded me of Marvin the Android. So I was reading this book and then a messaging section like, oh my God, this bit's you. And yeah, like I said, it's just a very, very funny book. I don't often read funny books or I've read some and they've never made me laugh that much. But this one literally had me snorting whilst I was reading it, like on trains in public places. I just, it tickled me. Um, the later books in the series include The Restaurant at the End of the Universe and Another Thing and So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. Okay, so my music recommendation this week uh, it's not like last week where it was like Harry Styles, so everyone knows him. This is a band called Another Sky. I went to school with the lead singer, um, which is how this has come up on my radar. So they've been around for many years and they started getting played on different radio stations, including BBC radio stations. And now they're getting played on BBC Radio One, which in the UK is obviously a massive thing. I really like them. The lead singer has a very unique voice. I don't know how to describe it. It's just very unique and very beautiful and powerful. Some of their music is kind of more mellow. Some of it's a bit more upbeat. The song uh, that I really, really like of theirs is Fell in Love with the City, which is one of the more upbeat ones. But they have loads of different music. So yes, that's Another Sky. I did listen to them when you sent me the link last week and I did like them. They were up my lane, so I really like them. I might add them to my playlist. What's your music recommendation for this week, Danae? I have to admit that I was very bad and I didn't look for a recommendation this week. I'm sorry. But I have plenty in my brain. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, the new album by Sarah Bareilles. It's the music that she created for the new uh, series that is called Little Voice, which is based on her first album, which was also called Little Voice. I love the kind of music that Sarah makes. All her albums are very different, um, although you, you can recognize her style on most of them. But I do like... Um, her different albums and how she's changed throughout the years. Also because I can sing what she sings and it's not very often that I get to do that because my voice is very deep. So I cannot sing Ariana Grande, I cannot sing Britney or whatever, I can sing Sarah Bareilles so it makes me very happy. Bitch, you can sing Britney and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Oh, thank you. Um, the new album I'm recommending, but um, my favorite song by her is Manhattan from her album The Blessed Unrest. So that was our recommendations for this week. Thank you all for listening. I hope next week I can have my professional microphone working. And if I don't, you're gonna listen to me crying. That would just be the whole podcast. It would just be an hour yeah. of the night crying. So thank you for listening. I hope you liked this episode. Chile's not that bad, I promise. <laughs> so shout out to Hannah. But you know, we all know about Hannah. She's listened before. Katie, 
Yes, Katie. My brother Jed, who was mentioned in last podcast, he hasn't disowned me for calling him a decad on the podcast. Um, <laughs> and any of my other friends who I've spammed with this podcast who might have listened. Thank you for our loyal fan base of three people. <laughs> bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.